everybody. I'm Sean Reynolds from Sportsnet, about to be joined by Ken Weeb from Sportsnet. Together we are Kenny and Rennie, and this is the Kenny and Rennie postgame show after I would classify it as one of the Jets' worst games of the year so far this year. I, I don't know if I'd put it at the top. I know that that uh, game against the Dallas Stars was a little bit of a stinker. There were some you know good things about this game. We'll get into it, but uh, you know I thought the third and fourth lines played to the identity. I think their head coach agreed. Um, not, not quite sure what happened in this one. I will say the Winnipeg Jets... Um, statistically and it's funny because coaches will come rolling into town and they'll talk to you about it and talk about how good the Jets have been at defending off the rush right uh, and you know they've been a, a good, good at a lot of things it's one of one of the reasons they're one of the best defensive teams in the league but tonight did not look like a team that was defending well against the rush I have to say they made the first line of the Columbus Blue Jackets look like they were absolute wizards out there and you know what maybe we should approach it that way Johnny Gaudreau getting you know a little bit of time with Patrick Line. I've been interested to see you know as a you know a watcher of hockey what Johnny Gaudreau could potentially do to Patrick Laine's career um, if tonight was a little bit of a sample size. Well, it's a pretty good sample size. It's funny. I was talking with Ken before the game. I don't know if you were watching or some of you may have been watching out there, but I went on Tim and Friends and then I was on Hockey Central before that. And I kept getting asked the question, getting asked the question about Patrick Laine coming back into town and, you know, what the kind of vibe was. And I have to be honest. Last time Patrick Lyonet came back here, I did a, a, about a six or seven minute one-on-one -on -one interview with him. And, you know, if you don't know this about Patrick Lyonet, great guy, calls you by name, walks out, shakes your hand. Earlier on today, he was given uh, Weeb uh, a little bit of a ribbing because, uh, you know, he's got a shaved head now. And he said, you know, Weeb looked so good with it. He thought he'd go with the same thing. Last year, you could feel the nervous energy coming off him. Patrick Laine came in here against the Winnipeg Jets last year, and he wanted it. He wanted it so, so bad. And he had said it kind of sent him into a little bit of a tailspin. He kind of got off focusing on the thing that things that hockey players are supposed to do to help them succeed. And he just wanted to get the, you know, the Winnipeg Jets so bad it didn't work out. It reminded me, you know, of all these situations where players try to play things down. It reminded me I had talked to a player in the uh, Buffalo Sabres dressing room a number of years back, right at the first time that um, Evander Kane played the Winnipeg Jets afterwards and we went out and the, if you remember the buffalo sabers won that game and we talked to vander kane afterwards and he said oh yeah no big deal i'm just gonna play this down it meant nothing uh his teammate said to me that is absolute bs he wanted it so bad he stood up in the room and he's like i want to get these guys so bad you got the sense last year that patrick line felt that way he wanted to come in he wanted to wow the crowd he wanted to show people what they were missing didn't pull it off last year Boy, oh boy, I think he pulled it off tonight. That looked to me like uh, Patrick Laine heading out, trying to get revenge. Uh, and on this night, he got it. Of course, that's going to bring in the whole idea of who won the trade and all that kind of stuff. I've got all the time in the world to talk about that stuff. But I want to talk about it with my main man when he comes in here. Kenny Weeb, always looking like a million bucks. Time to bring him into the show. The man with the best music in the business. Here comes Kenny.
Kenny, looking good as usual. I noticed we've got a similar print on the jacket. And that was something to do with our main man, Frank, trying to dress us like a million bucks, which he does all the time. I got to say this, Ken. I got a text from from the boys at Vittorio Rossi, and I've got four, four, count them, four suits waiting for me to go roll and pick up a whole bunch of ties. I will be drowning in good-looking clothes right away here. Not that I'm not already, but uh, if you want to be uh, the same, head on down to Vittorio Rossi, Sierra Boys, uh, Frank and the Boys. They will do you up right. Oh, sorry. Wrong. There we go. Go down. Vittorio Rossi, the boys on Corden Avenue. Go check them out. They will uh, take care of you as they did with our, our boy Craig Zamsdow. And, of course, if you're heading down there, make sure you tell them Kenny and Randy sent you. Ken, uh, let's just get right into it. What would you think of that game? I agree with you. I mean, uh, Patrick did kind of get a little bit too overly amped up for the game last year. Uh, I think he definitely <laughs> took the opposite approach today, uh, dismissing, uh, you know, saying he hadn't been paying attention to the Jets uh, this season. I, eh, You know, it's possible that it's true, but uh, I'm guessing someone in his room may have uh, let him know where the Jets were in the standings, and if not a teammate, maybe, uh, maybe his coach or whatever else. But... Uh, yeah, the Jets, uh, yeah, laid a bit of an egg here. It's interesting, Sean. Uh, Line A obviously was ready for the game today. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he was opportunistic. He showed off that uh, wicked shot, that top line, as you mentioned. You touched oh, yeah. on it. Uh, had an awesome evening. Uh, Boone Jenner, a lot of effort out there for him. Johnny Gaudreau, three apples. Uh, he did a fantastic job and. You know, obviously he knows David Riddick very well, and Johnny looked like one of the best uh, players in the NHL tonight, buzzing around all night long. And much like Rick Bonus said, he sort of disappears and then reappears uh, with the puck and at full speed. And boy, oh boy, that uh, you know second that pass by Jenner to Line for the second was was dynamite. Uh, Line almost had the hat trick, one off the post from distance, and then uh, Blake Wheeler with the kick save. But uh, in terms of the Jets. Not a lot of uh, solid performances, as you mentioned. I mean, uh, you know, DJ underscore with the with the good burn, uh, <laughs> good good on him. That's one um, of those that DJ underscore I think is your um, says that every game is your Ryan Friesen, right? <laughs> it's he's got that one point and he's going to hammer it home from now until the end of time. Congratulations! Uh, yes, there you congratulations. go. Um, uh, hey, any, we're not anyways. right all the time, and we're, okay, we're glad you kept the receipts, DJ underscore. Uh, I'd say uh, Jonas Corpusalo did make some saves, but uh, Jets did not make life nearly difficult enough. Uh, it's interesting, too. I mean, Rick Bonus was very adamant that uh, his team will will respond. And guess what? I mean, the Jets responded the last time uh, they, they were defeated handily. But that is twice in an eight-day span or eight-day span, yeah. So nine, nine, nine sorry. Yeah. Twice in a nine day span. Uh, they did respond with three consecutive victories. Uh, I'm kind of with you, Sean, not kind of, I'm with you fully. I think there was a bit of an emotional letdown after Wednesday, Wednesday's game against the, yeah. Avalanche. uh, having said that those are the games you can't afford to, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois said, no, you're not going to go 82 and oh, but, uh, these are the games that co- sort of put a team back at attention uh, I love the quote from Rick Bonus saying, uh, you know, basically to the effect they had way too many passengers. Uh, that wasn't the direct quote. I'm going to I'm going to get that right now just so that I don't misquote Mr. Bonus here. Uh, we had a lot of bad for bad performances from a lot of players in that room. We did. The team game kind of went out of the window at times defensively. So we tried to straighten that out a little bit. We gave them those goals on terrible coverage that we normally cover very well. 
And yeah, I mean, he was right. In the second, they were all, it was one of those games that could have turned for the Jets. Uh, you know, post here for Morgan Barron and uh, there was one play in particular that, you know, Sam Gagne had a, you know, yes, it was still a very, you know, it was a glorious chance from the slot, but he didn't see Kyle Connor had a wide open backdoor one timer available to him. And again, Sam Gagne is a very smart hockey player. He had been a healthy scratch for two games. It's natural that he looked for the shot there. Uh, to me, that was one of those plays that it gets way easier to see from up in the press box. But you could tell as soon as the save was made and Sam kind of looked to his peripheral to his right and saw Kyle Connor, uh, you know, cocked and loaded for the one tee. And he was like, oh, boy, I probably should have dished that over to the side. But uh, Jets just weren't good enough, Sean. I mean, that's uh, we were praising them after the other night, and rightfully so. Yep. Um, Mark Shifley's line didn't get a whole lot going tonight. Um I thought Pierre-Luc Dubois' line actually was rolling pretty well, to be quite frank. I mean, there were some rough goes defensively. There's no doubt about that. Obviously, one off Dubois' skate. Uh, he was able to get the power play goal late in garbage time uh, to break out the shutout, break up the shutout bid for his 11th. Uh, but overall, I didn't find the Jets' uh, effort to be very good. And we'll dig in a little bit deeper uh, when it comes to the power play. But power play let them down, quite frankly. I mean, Rick Bonus said it. Pierre-Luc Dubois said they needed to be better. Uh, overall, you know, not a good effort. There's, there's really no other. There's no other way to uh, chalk that one up. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say they came home and got fat, Ian. I mean, they beat the Colorado Avalanche the other day, so I wouldn't say that either. But again, this is, it's a season filled with opportunities to respond. The Jets responded the last time, but they are going to be challenged to do so again. I mean, they've got the Anaheim Ducks. Then they have the Florida Panthers. Jets were nine and three in the month of November. That that's a that's a good record. I mean, they have a busy schedule ahead of them, and we'll see how they respond. Sixteen games in thirty days. We're going to learn, Sean. We learned a lot about the Jets in the first twenty-one games, and we're going to learn an awful lot about the Winnipeg Jets over the next sixteen games this month. Uh, that's you know either they're going to get into a rhythm, or we're going to see uh, how they respond. I mean, hey. That's the beauty of hockey. There's another game on Sunday. Uh, there's no way to, you know, pretty make this one any prettier. It was an ugly effort on a lot of fronts. Jets weren't good enough, and it showed on the scoreboard everywhere else. I mean, whatever. You can look at the win meter and you can look at efforts. Uh, you can look at analytics. The Jets were not good enough against one of the worst teams in the NHL, and they ended up on the losing end 4-1. to one. Um, listen, I want to take care of a bunch of business here, sure. uh, all in one shot here. So I'm going to start with this. Phyllis made the call first. She says, Sean, let's do a headband right away. All right, let's call it. Let's make this a Sean's headband version of the Kenny and Randy show. All right, Ken, jumping from one to the next, what was your lamp lighter on this evening? Yeah, you know, quite frankly, it, uh, it's the first line I goal. I mean, the second one was probably a hair prettier. Uh, I would say the pass from Johnny Goodrow was elite, and the release by line A was, uh, you know, 
one that we've seen on numerous occasions. Uh, so although I think the, the line A's second had maybe a little bit of a prettier element with the with the backhand pass by pass, Boone Jenner, yeah. that's a backdoor tap for line A. That's a that's an automatic. Uh, to me, he showed he it was cl- it was classic line A, Sean. He did not have a lot of room high to the glove side, but he put it right where uh, you know Mama hides the cookies, if you will. Uh, great pass by Johnny Gaudreau and an excellent effort by Boone Jenner earlier in that shift to kind of keep the play alive. Uh, so to me, that line A goal, you know, great effort by Dubois, you know, to stay you know to the hard areas on the power play goal. But uh, you know, we're not giving out garbage time goals. Uh, for the lamplighter, the goal by yeah. Line A, it does not end up being the game winner, but it is the, you know, the 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 one that got the Blue Jackets rolling. Uh, so for me, that Line A's first uh, of the night of two and third of the season, uh, with the dish by Johnny Goodrow is my lamplighter. I'm gonna say this. That's it for me as well. I I I'll say it like this though, because that shot of his, it's one of those ones where Line A gets a chance and then just all of a sudden I've always said this before, like when he shoots, it's like he's teleporting the puck into the net. Like it's there and it's it it defies the eye, right? It would be like seeing a UFO in the sky where it's just there and then all of a sudden it just goes over to here as quick as as, as you can. That's what his shots look like. I'll always go back to the first time I started covering the Jets and the first time I saw Alexander Ovechkin play. And when you saw him shoot that puck live, it's it's different. Like You can't capture on TV how absurd guys who shoot like this look. And, and, and Line A's had that element. And I just thought this. Like, I, I like the idea of Winnipeg Jets fans, despite the fact that cost their team tonight, being reminded of what they had and the good times that they had with Patrick Laine and that shot going off. Fun to see that happen. So I, I, I thought that was a good one. That, uh, so I agree with you. Lamplighter of the game, no doubt. And uh, if you are interested in uh, some Trans-Canada brewing, Lamplighter Amber Ale, well, you came to the right place. All you got to do is share your Lamplighter, your goal of the game. We call it the Lamplighter. You will be entered to win a frosty, delicious. People always ask me, is it really frosty? Yeah, you put it in the fridge, it's frosty. <laughs> Let me tell you that. Frosty, delicious lamplighter amber ale. And if you can't wait for Kenny and Rennie to provide you with some, then head on down to Transcanda Brewing Company and give them a try at their tap room, 11290 Keniston. They've got sours, they've got uh, stouts, they've got Oh my! They've got everything. The blueberry beer, like I said, is my favorite. More and more and more people keep t- telling me about the pizza. Ken, uh, we've had it; it's great. But if you're heading down there to pick up a lamplighter ale uh, because you won here, if you're just going to go check it out, tell them Kenny and Randy sent you. But do yourself a favor and try that pizza. And uh, the next person in line who could potentially go get some pizza of their own because they've got a reason to head on down is Andrea Kahooch. I know that she was one of the first people in the chat room here. She is the latest winner of the uh, Lamplighter 8-pack of Amber Ale. So congratulations, Andrea Kahooch. Moving on, Ken. The oh, Johnson. On. Tell her what she has to do. Tell her what she has oh, to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You see right below me, that's my handle on Twitter. Direct message me on Twitter at Sean uh, at SN Sean Reynolds. Uh, I need your full name. I need your, uh, your email address, and I will send you a voucher for the Frosty Delicious Lamplighter Amber Ale. People have been loving it. I've been getting messages like crazy, Ken. I had two before the game today of previous winners saying they were sitting down in the game enjoying a Lamplighter Amber Ale. Great stuff. Uh, happy that you won, Andrew Kahooch. Uh, moving on, Johnson Group got you covered play of the game. What do you got, Ken? 
Yeah, they didn't have much in terms of the style of play or whatever was happening behind them. So, Sean, for me, the got you, we've got you covered is Neil Pionk uh, coming to the aid ah. of Josh Morrissey after the uh, Gustav Nyquist headshot from the blind side. Uh, didn't like the play at all. I understand, yes, it was probably... Gustav Nyquist is not a dirty player, but if you are going to try to set a pick on someone, you cannot hit them in the head with your shoulder or your elbow. I mean, that was just absolutely, and again, I think it was accidental. Nyquist is not a dirty player, but that's a dirty play, Sean. There is no other way to yep. play it. Agreed. And that is something, you know, you saw it. We've heard it all year long. The Jets coming to the aid of a teammate. Uh, Neil Pionk was the guy today jumping in, and Josh Morrissey was hot. He went right after uh, Gustav Nyquist himself. Uh, and to me, that's my we've got you covered play of the game. I'm all over that. I couldn't agree more. I was actually I, I was feeling a little bit bad for you. I thought I put you in a bad spot because sometimes that, that can be a little bit tricky. Uh, but I couldn't agree with you more. You absolutely nailed it with that. Our boys at uh, uh, the Johnson Group. Uh, let me bring that comment off there if I can and uh, show off this classy, gorgeous graphic that they provide us with and talk a little bit about our friends at the Johnson Group, the Kenny and Rennie OGs. You won't find two businesses with the same challenges, but you will find 30,000 businesses with Chambers Plan employee benefits proudly administered by our friends at Johnson Group. Chambers Plan is Canada's number one plan for employee benefits because it evolves with the way you work and live. The plan is run as a not-for-profit designed specifically to support small businesses and its unique pooling strategy keeps rates stable so you won't have any surprises at your next renewal. Chambers Plan now comes with professional consulting on key financial, legal, and HR issues, and teledoc telemedicine services are included with every health option. See how Chambers Plan could benefit your business by visiting chamberplan.ca. And I got to say this, I want to kind of brag a little bit, Ken, about what we going on, got going on here right now. <laughs> you may notice that the background noise in the Kenny and Rennie podcast, the Canada Life Center here, is quite muted today. It's because Ken and I went out and we got each other a Christmas present. And we opened it and got each other the exact same thing. We got matching microphones. Kenny and Rennie, one has a K emblazoned in it. One has an R <laughs> it emblazoned should. in it. It should, anyways. I, I, you're, I've got the tall tales going. But uh, these are designed to pick up sound right around here. So if I start doing this, you can see you're not hearing me very well. you got to be right up here, which means, you know what? I know a lot of you love the helicopter. The helicopter is going to be a slight little drone in the background from now on. Kenny and Rennie taking it to the penthouse with the audio lately. But uh, we'll get into... Oh, Reamer wants to know. I have to... I don't know where to... Hey! Oh, here, we go. here comes the Zamboni. Now we are going to find out. Let's find out. Let's find I, out. I, I think the Zamboni driver is in the corner listening to the show and thinking, oh, yeah? Well, let's see about that. Here he comes, ladies and gentlemen. You can check it out. But I can tell you already that we had a gentleman cleaning the place yelling beside me right here, and I barely heard it in the earphone, so I think it's working. Tell us what you think with the Zamboni in the background, everybody. Ken, uh, I like this comment. I want to get into this right away because we want to honor the people who comment on our show and bring this stuff in. Uh, Bailey Weep who apparently just won a, a toque on a legal curve. Congratulations, Bailey Weeb, but says should have played Fialbi. And I think we had someone else in there who was saying the exact same thing. Um, what do you think about the idea of Gagne going into the lineup? Because I know I've said this in the past. It's a way of showing 
you know, confidence in your entire team to move guys around and give everyone an opportunity. Rick Bonus said as much. You can get into what he said this morning about it. But I did take a look at it, and and I did think that that second line, I, I didn't feel like Gagne was fitting so well there tonight. Well, I mean, also just a quick one here for Doug uh, Thorowski. Kenny, come on. The top six oh, was sorry, sorry. The top six for the most part was invisible tonight. Well, uh, I do agree. I already mentioned I didn't think the Shifley line was very good at all. They had one early chance. Shifley had a one-timer on the power play. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois had four shots on goal, six attempts. Kyle Connor had six shots on goal, eight attempts. Um, I'm not great at math, Sean, but... Six and eight is 14 shots on goal between two players. So um, it's hard to be invisible and have that many scoring chances. So uh, I disagree, Doug, with your assessment. I already said I didn't think the Shifey line played very well. Dubois' line had some chances. Did they play very well? Not by any stretch of the imagination. I was not suggesting that. They were noticeable offensively. Corpusalo made some good saves. Uh, and again, too, so when Sam Gagne went up on that line, Sean, two shots on goal three attempts for him so I mean there were some opportunities in the offensive zone uh, one thing I will say quickly um, I understand where your people are coming from when it comes to Axel Janssen Fialbi uh, here's the thing when a team is playing the 30 30th ranked team in the NHL and the Blue Jackets with all due respect are not one of the fastest teams I thought it was a good opportunity to put Sam Gagne back in the game as Rick Bonus mentioned he had not played his way out of the lineup. Uh, having said that, do I think the Jets missed the speed and tenacity of an Axel Janssen-Fialbi? Uh, I think at times you could easily make that argument. Uh, but I don't think Janssen-Fialbi was going to be spending much time on that Dubois line today anyway. Uh, Morgan Barron started there again, had a chance or two. But, I mean, that line was on for the first two goals against right away. One of them was off Dubois' skate. Um, but overall, uh, so, Sean, long story short, the Jets are still looking. The you know the wheel of justice is spinning, and they haven't found the right guy to play on that line yet. Uh, Morgan Barron you know hasn't played a lot on his right side. Didn't look comfortable there. So Gagne has played on his right side a lot. Uh, there were some plays that worked, but again he does not have the speed. We know that. I mean Sam Gagne is a veteran guy. Still has a lot of skill. Um, is he a perfect fit or a perfect match for that line? Not yet. So we'll see what happens next. Uh, we, I mean, we've talked about this before, Sean. You and I believe, you know, there could be a chance for Cole Perfetti to be tried there. But he also hasn't had a lot of time on his right wing outside of that time with them last year. But that was fewer than, you know, 14 games of. So uh, I would have been fine with the Jets. But again, John, Axel Janssen Fialbi hasn't been in the league that long, Sean. So if you are going to take someone out of the lineup, he is one of the candidates. I mean, same goes for Sacramento Linen. He's a little bit older in terms of his experience level, but neither one of those guys has a lot of NHL experience. If you're going to keep Sam Gagne in a rotation and not have him strictly as the 13th forward, those are the guys that are going to be coming out of the lineup. I mean, Jansen Harkins brings the speed element, but yeah. today he took a bad penalty. That's a bad cross-checking penalty. Uh, again, I don't, I don't blame him. There's frustration, of course, but... When you're essentially, Sean, you're on trial, you can't be taking penalties like that, even if the game is out of reach. That's an offensive zone minor that you can't take in that situation. Um, again, I'm not knocking Jansen Harkins' game, but at the same time, when you're one of those players on the periphery, 
you have to be on on all the time. That doesn't mean you can't make mistakes. It means you must limit the mistakes that are preventable. So do I think Axel Janssen Fialbi will be playing Sunday, Sean? Yes, I do. Do I know who's coming out of the lineup? No, I don't. Uh, it will probably be one of the guy, you know, one of the guys I just mentioned, uh, Mikey Asimont. He had a couple good, good, you know, they had that they had some good shifts, but again, if you, this is my point on if you can't play Sam Gagne against the Columbus Blue Jackets or the Anaheim Ducks, then good you're point. not going to be playing him. So Sam Gagne had a very good start to the season. He was, you know, Rick said himself, he's probably playing more than they anticipated. Again, I don't see this as a panic move, putting Sam Gagne in the lineup. And putting Sam Gagne in the lineup didn't didn't cause the Jets to suddenly play badly by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so for me, I have no problem with it. I don't subscribe to the, you know, don't change a winning lineup. Teams are always trying to improve. There are going to be people going in and out of the lineup because of injury. I mean, does it have to happen all the time? Of course not. But Sean... Why don't you get into you get into Rick's answer? You're the one who asked him the question. For this, you know, for this part of the year, the Jets have done a good job of keeping their scratches ready to go. And often, when they go out or back into the lineup, they've found a way to contribute. Today, you didn't have as much of that happening. But again, I think that Sam Gagne, even if Sam Gagne was playing poorly, he wouldn't have got bumped up onto that second or onto that line, and he wouldn't have stayed there. So. To me, I have no problem with Sam Gagne's game. Is he the right fit for that line? I'm not sure. I think the Jets are probably still going to continue to look for a different option until they get Nikolai Ehlers or, you know, Mason Appleton back. But Sam deserves to be in that rotation. I mean, Axel Janssen-Fialbi brings a lot to the table. A lot of, ten, you know, a lot of tenacity, a lot of forecheck, but he doesn't have a lot of finish either. So right now, none of the guys who have been used on that line have had a lot of finish. So... It's something that they're going to continue to work on. But you dig in a little deeper, Sean, because you asked Rick this morning, and I thought he gave a pretty thoughtful answer about how he's kept those guys ready. Okay. So, uh, first off, I, I'm, I'm fighting my tendency that I've done in the past to, like, pull the pin on the grenade and just toss it into the conversation here. <laughs> I'm going to take it, and I'm going to set it on the table behind, beside me, and we're gonna, I'm going to pull the pin a little bit later. You're going to love it. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a you good sure? time. We're gonna. Oh yeah, I'm gonna, gonna love it, or the, or the gonna chat room's it. gonna love You're it. You're gonna love it. Well, okay. the chat room will love it too. Everyone's right. gonna love it. I promise. Uh, I'll answer this. Then you're gonna hit up our main man Lou, uh, and then uh, we'll do home field, and then and then I'll pull out the, the hand grenade. Perfect. But um, uh, I, I like the way that. Uh, uh, and if you could pop this, uh, if you could pop this comment out, or, or keep running the keep, keep running the comments here ken okay i like the way that rick bonus has, has handled this here this year because i think it's given confidence all around now you're not going to keep spinning the wheel and hit every single time right. time right they didn't hit tonight with sam gagne and it's interesting because it kind of didn't work out the way that rick bonus said but the the, the way i pitched the not pitched the question the way i suggested the question to rick bonus was that you know, pulling someone out of a lineup can have negative connotations, right? Axel Janssen Fialbi has kind of been, done everything they've asked him to do, and now he's out of the lineup. And I, I think it has more to do with anything, Ken, that, that it's his turn, right? I don't think it is. Now, these guys aren't of the upper level that they can be game changers, but they've been very serviceable and they've known their role and they've performed to their role. 
But there's enough of those guys. You mentioned it, the Gagne's, the Harkins, the Sacramento Lions, all those different kind of players. There's enough of them that that Rick Bonus feels he can just kind of spin the prices right wheel, you know, and land on a guy and put him in. And so tonight that landed on Gagne. I didn't necessarily think it worked with Gagne. Uh, the other night it was Morgan Barron. I didn't think it worked with Morgan Barron either. And yet tonight I thought Morgan Barron was really really good tonight right I just don't think that he fit on that line what you want to see is a guy gets an opportunity doesn't cash in on that opportunity well he doesn't quit right there's not a sag after that happens so I think the guys keep you know I I think the guys keep bouncing back really well and what I'm looking for is Axel Yonsenfialbi to come back into the lineup because Rick Bonus said what he says with these guys so that it doesn't become a negative thing. It's a good thing for a coach, right? Because now there's internal competition. Now each of these guys is fighting to stay in the lineup. Now each of these guys is fighting to audition for that next spot. And I think that's what we've been seeing for the most part. But if you're that player, there can be negative connotations with being taken out. And his take on that is he goes up, he goes to those players, says, hey, listen, I'm taking you out of the lineup. This is why I'm taking you out of the lineup. He didn't share the reasons with us, but he shares it with the players. You're going to go out and you're going to come the next day because practice now becomes your game because in order for you to get back into the game, you need to make sure you're game ready and you do that by busting your butt in practice and then you get an opportunity again. So he's got this kind of game of musical chairs where, yeah, you get booted out tonight, but the game doesn't keep going until there's one guy left. The game just keeps going. So you're not spending a lot of time sitting out and you're getting these bounce back performances like I thought we saw from Morgan Barron tonight. I didn't think we got the bounce back performance that you would have wanted from Sam Gagne on this night. Uh, and that's something I'll be interested to see how they address it going forward. Um, but you're also not going to land on it every night. And, and it actually is leading me to the grenade that I have sitting over here that just wants to go off because I'm going to announce the grenade, what I want to talk about after you give a shout out to our main man, Lou. But I want to get back to, uh, to, to something I'm very upset with you about, Ken. You made me doubt myself. That almost never happens. You made me doubt myself because we had the opposing opinions. I thought the Jets should stick with what they have right now and keep loading up all that money and space for the trade deadline and go big, you know, big game fishing kind of thing. And you wanted it to happen now. And I started coming around to your way of thinking, and I should have known better. I should have stuck with my gut and not listened to Ken. We, we're going to talk about it, but I want you to give a shout-out to your main man, Lou Ferlin, first. And then you get the floor. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thanks for tossing that grenade in. Uh, if you're looking for anything in the realty or real estate market, if you're buying, if you're selling, if you're just curious uh, where things are at, uh, our main man, Lou Ferlin, you can reach him at 204-791-9971 or at the Royal LePage office at 204-989-5000. You can also reach him by email at lou at louferlan.ca. That's L-O-U-F-U-R-L-A-N dot C-A. Um, Lou is a great supporter of the local sporting community and all-around great human being, and he's uh, absolutely dynamite. Uh, at his job so uh, we're happy to have Lou on as one of our sponsors and Sean even better news we've got the Lou Ferlin will have a crisper photo for the next uh, edition excellent of the excellent. show but yes if you uh, and again you can reach uh, all those listings you can get, check out at www.louferlin.ca 
check out our main man Lou and of course uh, one of the things that we've got in the works is Homefield is working on some in-show stuff with us that we're you know we're working on it we're getting excited to unveil it they're trying to make the show pop I think it pops pretty good you know headbands make things pop right you know good looking suits from Victoria Rossi make things pop but Homefield's going to take it a step further because they dig deeper Ken and just like they dig deeper our friend Kenny's water bottle. I got to say this, Kenny's water bottle. I rarely agree with our main man, Kenny's water bottle. But on this night, I think this is a good comment. He says, it seems like Bones has the team playing a high-tempo, aggressive style that is sometimes difficult to replicate every game when they don't have it. This is what it looks like. I got all the time in the world for this being a tough brand of hockey for the Winnipeg Jets to play in night out, night in and night out. And when you don't have it, you don't have it. I got all the time in the world for that. That's a great comment. Kenny's water bottle, who usually just kind of barely skims the surface with his commentary, especially when he's taking on my takes <laughs> and always siding with you. But on this night, Kenny's water bottle dug deeper, just like Homefield does. Excellent stuff. Ken, let's, you can reach uh, them at uh, www.myhomefield.ca for your marketing needs and more. All right, let's get to it. You remember the movie uh, Dodgeball? And there's a point where the antagonist, I forget what he says, you made me bleed my own blood. Well, that's what I feel like right now. You made me doubt my take, and I shouldn't have, Ken. I, 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 I'm kicking myself because I'm looking at what the Jets have been doing, and we're talking about this audition system. And while tonight it didn't exactly work out, I don't blame the loss on that for happening tonight. I think the Winnipeg Jets are getting by, and the, the guys who are helping them get by are doing a great job of it. Keep them auditioning. Keep making that space and that money space and go for the big, big dogs at the trade deadline. I can't believe I, I, can't believe I felt it, I was starting to go to your side, Ken. I can't believe it. that's the dark side. Tell me why the dark side is still right. You just said it yourself. You answered your own question. No, they haven't. They haven't found a fit on that line, and they still need one. How can it be any different? You are arguing for me. Paging the, the Kenny have... and Rennie divorce lawyer. Paging <laughs> the Kenny and Rennie divorce lawyer. No, keep the going. Je- keep the going. Jets have not found the solution to the problem in the top six. So what I said is still a hundred percent accurate. Anyways. Well, okay. So hold on a second. The two players that they're trying to find a fit on that line it's are not both... two. They've used three, and none of them no, are working so far. No, I, I mean Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor. These are, you know, it, it, this is the funny thing about it. I was t- chatting with people in Toronto about this today. I think there's five Jets players right now that are very close to being point-a-game players. Right? I mean, that's one quarter of your lineup are near point per game players. And two of those players, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor, are on that line we were talking about. It's not like these players aren't producing. And so, and, and so yes, those players aren't walking in and no one is grabbing the brass ring. But at this moment, the Jets are still getting results and they're where they want to be for the most part in the standings. And they're one of the top teams in the NHL without having to do this. I think the Jets are playing a very different game. The Jets and Rick Bonus would would be so mad at me for talking like this. And if he ever heard the, the Winnipeg Jets players listening to me saying this, he'd walk into the room and say, don't ever listen to that guy because Rick Bonus's point about a game like tonight is we're trying to make the playoffs. You can't give away a night like tonight. you got to play every single night. But for the most part, I feel like the Winnipeg Jets are are a playoff team 
playing for positioning in a very tough division that is going to be tough regardless of where they finish up. And so what they need to do is they need big impact. I don't think they need big impact now. Whether they finish first, it's going to be a tough draw, second or third or in the wild card, it's going to be a tough draw. That's just the nature of the central division. Get through and get the biggest fish you can. That's what I'm all about. Okay, but what – so – I'm okay with the theory, Sean, but what if you miss on the big fish? Now you've waited all that time and you did nothing. Now you're looking at plan B and C and D. I say get ahead of the market, identify the player you want, and get him in the lineup. If you You have more time to integrate that person into the lineup, it will be better for the long term. We've seen this before, Sean. It is a rule of the dice if a team adds a guy at the deadline. Paul Stastny fit perfectly. Kevin Hayes, it didn't work out the way they planned. That didn't mean it was a bad trade. Kevin Hayes ended up being a great fit for the Philadelphia Flyers, but he wasn't that player when he was with the Winnipeg Jets. So the longer you have to integrate a high-end player, the better off the team will be. So to me, especially if you know Ehlers is gone for at least five more weeks, maybe longer, you still have an opportunity to upgrade the team that helps you now. And again, for the people that are talking, with all due respect to the players that are in the mix, they are playing incredibly hard. Mikey Asimon has done a fabulous job of getting himself on the radar to the point where he wasn't the first guy pulled out of the lineup when Sam Gagne came in. But if the Jets are serious about winning the Stanley Cup, they need to upgrade the forward group in the near future it does not have to be today but i think they need to upgrade that top six i mean again okay i expect ehlers to make a massive impact when he returns but he has to be healthy and right now he's not sean we were just talking about this off air how different does columbus look with patrick line on their top line we're not talking about boone jenner not being a number one centerman tonight Boone Jenner played great today. Is he a perfect fit for the number one center job? Of course not. But when you have an elite playmaker in Johnny Goodrow and an elite scorer and shooter in Patrick Laine, all of a sudden that line looks dynamic on a regular basis. I know it's only one game, but that's the impact a top six guy can have on a team that is near the bottom of the standings. Imagine the impact that it could be on a team that is near the top of the standings. All right. I'm going to tell you why your theory doesn't hold no water. Problem. And, and I, I could understand maybe you don't see this because I, so I'm from Pinwa and Lactabani. I grew up in the gorgeous waters of the White Shell. This is fishing country, Ken. Okay. So I know a little bit about fishing. And I know that there's certain times of year where the big fish just aren't out there, Ken. And that's this time of year right now. The biggest fish come in in fishing season, right? Like if you want to go catch a really big fish up at Hecla Island, you go there around May 21st and you take a boat and you go out into the little launch area they have there and you head out just across from where they've got the, uh, I, I want to say lamplighter, but the, uh, uh, the, the light tower or whatever you call it. Um, and you go and you park a boat there and you pull in big walleye after big walleye after big walleye. There are certain seasons where the big fish come out. Hockey's the same, Ken. The big fish 
that you want to be going after, I don't know how many of them are available right now. And if you're going to go after them right now, you're not talking about trade deadline pickup kind of prices. You're talking about let's make a deal in the middle of the season kind of prices. And that's the problem with going and getting that right now. At some point, a team like Chicago is not going to need Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tays anymore. Those are the kind of impact players that you are looking for that teams at that time say, okay, we don't need these guys anymore. Let them move along. That's what the Jets need to be going for. So I I know what you're saying, and I will be the first one to admit the Winnipeg Jets don't have or have not found a player within their lineup to give that second line the punch that you've got, like the first line and the second line that are on a you know a game-to-game basis competing with each other and I agree and I think that's a problem but it's not a problem that has been biting them they've still been getting results despite that and I say lean on the results that you're getting wait until fishing season opens up and then go hammer the big fish I I I, I, I'll say it again I can't believe I strayed from this. I know that the chat room is trying to sway me away from this, but we know that the chat room could be wrong, Ken. We know it happens quite often. We know that Kenny's water bottle sides with you, and that is a dangerous proposition. So I'm just telling you right now, think about the fishing season. If you're from the Lactabonny area or if you're up from Gimli, you know what I'm talking about. Just drop it in the chat room if you agree. Okay, so what, what happens if they don't get the biggest fish? And what happens if the biggest fish has a no-trade clause to Winnipeg? And he doesn't agree to waive like Paul Stastny did. Well, what what would getting them right now accomplish? Well, no, that's what you're trying to find out, guys who are not don't have those limitations. You can do your pre-scouting. I'm just saying you don't need to go do it right now. Uh, what I'm Wait telling for a guy to come available. Okay, and this is what I'm telling you. The quarter point has been hit. There are going to be teams that are clearly more in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes than they are in the winning business or trying to make the playoffs. This is a good point you're making, Ken. This is a good point. Keep going. So those starting to make me doubt myself again, those teams will be looking to shed payroll. So there will be players that are available earlier on. Are the prices too high right now? Probably. And I'm not saying overpay right now, but I'm sure the Jets are looking for preemptive strikes. I just think it's too risky to go later on. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, the Jets are playing well. They have got contributions from players who people were not expecting. And this is what I always like to remind people. A lot of people in the chat didn't know who Axel Janssen Fialbi was. And I'm not knocking the people in the chat room. I will be the first to admit when I was standing in the hallway in Banff and Elliot Friedman tweeted that the Jets claimed Janssen Fialbi, I'm looking at Hockey DB. I'm unaware of Axel Janssen Fialbi in September or early October in Banff. I've learned a lot about him. Uh, but people say, I mean, someone said Axel Janssen Fialbi is a driver. He drives his feet he is not a play driver. He has a goal and an assist in 18 games this year for the Jets. He is an incredibly hard worker. He is a fast skater. He's a good penalty killer. He's a great four checker. That The definition of driver is not what our person in the chat room is suggesting. I think that Axel Janssen-Fialbi is playing better than most people anticipated, probably including Axel Janssen-Fialbi. But that's because he's been given an opportunity by a coaching staff that believes in him, 
So full marks to Axel Janssen Fialbi for doing that. But you got to keep that up. Like these are guys that are on the periphery of the roster. Your audition is every single day right now. So they need to continue that. And now it's a great opportunity for him to come out of the press box and show Rick Bonus what the Jets may have been missing on this evening. So, you know, again, I got to put a list together. I don't have a list together yet. What I do know is the teams will be looking to shed payroll earlier than the trade deadline. Um, Ken, I got to say, I, you know, sometimes couples fight and sometimes couples fight. <laughs> this because, is not a fight. <laughs> sometimes couples fight because one couple or one person in the couple is like trying to pick a fight. I was trying to pick a fight there and you were so calm and so reasoned. I'm not saying I'm coming around to your way of thinking, but you do make some good points there. Um, let's fight about this another time. I like this fight. It's a good one. Uh, but we should move on and talk about, oh, before we do move on, I want to give a shout out uh, to our friends at Cambrian Credit Union uh, who have been with us since last season. Uh, if you haven't been there, they've got a new website. They launched it earlier this month. They were excited about it. Gave Jets tickets away on our show. Gave Moose tickets away on the show. New website. New online banking experience for those members like Ken and myself who bank with them and get to go check this out. It's so easy to use. It's great stuff. And you want to be members uh, with Cambridge Credit Credit Union like us. And one of the reasons why is their unfee accounts, which allow you to bank for free. You can save $222 per year. Simply set up a recurring direct deposit every month to your Cambrian checking or savings account, and you qualify no minimum balance required. Ken, you asked a really good question of Pierre-Luc Dubois um, about the, uh, the or he, he went on and said something I thought was really interesting about the power play. So much has gone right for the Jets this year, including these players auditioning for that role in the top six, which means they don't need to go get a big fish right now. They can wait for that later. But um, Pierre-Luc Dubois had <laughs> Pierre-Luc Dubois. <laughs> Just because you Dubois. say it more often doesn't mean you're right. <laughs> I'm trying, buddy. I'm trying. You Pierre are trying. <laughs> I appreciate the effort. Pierre-Luc Dubois um, had talked about, of all the things that have really been working for the team this year, he started talking about the need to get more consistent on the power play. Give me, give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, the power play could have been a difference maker tonight, and we didn't do a good job. And then Jeff Hamilton followed up with what wasn't working. If I had the answer, probably we probably wouldn't be here right now answering that question. I'm sure there's some video at the meeting tomorrow. Uh, Rick Bonus went out of his way to say yes. For those watching who noticed that the Jets' top unit was taken off after 35 or 40 seconds, the second unit went on, and then the fourth line went on. They didn't even bother spinning through the second uh, part of the spin cycle. So, you know, it's so interesting, right? I mean, Jets finished one for five. I mean, they had a power play goal the other night. They had two the night before. Uh, but they just haven't. It just hasn't looked as crisp. I mean, we saw, even on a night, Sean, where the Colorado Avalanche were shut out, their power play just rips the puck around, and uh, it just hasn't, you know, they move the puck differently. So the Jets are trying a few different things. Uh, they're, you know, looking at it. I, I, I'm curious for your, like, do you think the Jets could try Cole Perfetti on the top unit? I mean, we've heard all about how his confidence is growing. Um, if they're looking to change personnel a little bit, would that be one of the things that you would consider if you're Brad Lauer? Uh, I would. I would. I mean, I think it's interesting because what I'm seeing, Ken, I don't know if you're seeing the same thing, but there was that little bit of a you know a spark that was lit uh, between Shifley and Wheeler over the last couple of games. Yeah. And it looks like what they've done is they've kind of gone back to the old power play. 
Uh, and that's what, I, that's what I saw here tonight. It, it's a power play that runs through Blake Wheeler. Um, and I, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I mean, in the last game, you saw him go and you saw him score that goal, right? Steps in, gives the space. By the way, I've got the... I've got the vacuum going on right beside or sorry, it's a leaf blower. That's why it's so loud. I don't know if you can hear it, but I don't I'm not hearing it in my ears. But uh good job on the mics. Merry Christmas to you, Ken, for, for getting that for me. Um but uh so I, I, I like that because we saw that goal that Wheeler scored, which I think we all wanted to see more of when that power play was running for the last number of years, him taking that shot more often. He just always seemed to be like trying to force the pass, and that seemed to be one of the things that kind of soured or went stale on that power play. And so when you saw that last night, it's like, okay, is Rick Bonus and this new coaching staff going to get in here and find the success that that old power play used to have? It used to be one of the most dangerous power plays in the league. Are they going to go find something that, you know, maybe the old coaching staff was missing and put it back together? And what I saw from their power play tonight was what we started seeing from that power play in the more recent years of it getting stale. So, I don't know. I, I liked elements of what their power play was before when they had uh, when they had um, Blake Wheeler on that secondary power play. What I saw tonight from how they're running it is that that first power play line just hogs a lot of the minutes and then doesn't get off the ice. And I, that was something we've talked about on this show and that I was kind of sick of seeing happening. And so it's interesting because if you, if you extend that to both Wheeler and Shifley tonight, I thought their game looked a little bit like the game that we'd come to expect from them in the last couple of years. That was an uninspiring game. And I wonder about the balance of being a new coaching staff who walks in and identifies issues with a team and tries to change them and tries to change the way teams play. But wanting to try different things like putting Wheeler and Shifley back together while still applying the new formula that you want, but without the worry. I mean, I think one of the things you have to worry with that is them falling back into the old routines that have brought them, you know, down a little bit in the last couple of years. And so as good as Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley looked in the last game with Cole Perfetti, I thought tonight looked a lot like what we've come to expect from them for the last couple of years. And one thing we know about this Jets team in years past is they really rode the highs and the lows. And and that's not something that – I don't think that's a Pandora's box that Rick Bonus wants to get into, right? And you could hear in his comments tonight he said that uh, when I asked him about – you know, you touched on it. We asked him about, like, is this game – them coming off the high of that victory over the Colorado Avalanche and having a low. And he'd said, he didn't say no. He'd said, it, it shouldn't be, right? It shouldn't be that because you need to be fighting for the playoffs every single night. I think the Jets fell in. sure if it's just me that lost Sean or not but uh hopefully we can get him back here okay there you go we is that me or is that you I think my screen was sound and you went okay. frozen so that's sorry. me that last two minutes I bet was incredible 
<laughs> Has it been that long? I've been no, gone that I'm long. I'm just kidding. It wasn't that there long. Maybe go. 20 seconds, maybe 30. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Sorry, what were you did you want to? Well, I, what the end I, was. I don't know when I, I don't know when I cut out. Um, I, I, I guess what I'd said was uh, um, for, for Rick bonus, I think, you know, the jets and the way that they were so up and down over the oh, last sorry, couple yes. seasons so that we weren't able to kind of get the consistency out of them. I don't think that's a direction that Rick bonus wants to go to. And so I wonder about him with this, you know, going back to Wheeler and Shifley to me, this looked like last year's version or the year before's version of Wheeler and Shifley who can be absolute gods on the ice together at times and then look fairly uninspired tonight. The one thing I thought was really interesting, um, and I think it's it's another one of these things we talk about Rick Bonus. He's so good at helping you visualize things. One of the things that he allows you as a journalist or a fan to visualize the game is he says he wants all four of the lines to look like each other. And I asked him, did all four lines look like tonight? And he was like, absolutely not. And it was pretty obviously the second Maybe not as much the second, but definitely the first line that did not look like they were grinding the way Morgan Barron was when he was out there and Lowry and Saku Manalainen. And and, and it makes me wonder about how he has to handle that first line. Like, what is going to be the bounce back with Shifley and Wheeler to go and have a game again where they look like hockey gods and follow it up with a game where they almost look borderline disinterested? I wonder how you handle that as a coach. Yeah, I mean... I don't see that as being a long, long, long-term issue. Um, I haven't seen a lot of those efforts. I mean, the Jets have not had uh, very many poor showings uh, this year out of the first 22 outings. Uh, Mark Shifley has been quite consistent as a player, and I would say Blake Wheeler has been right up there in terms of his consistency as well. Um, in terms of Jeep guy, six nine six nine six nine, Brad Lambert, uh sat out the last game I don't know if he was back in the other day but I think he is dealing with an injury of some kind and uh, Chaz Lucius according to Dave Manuk was in the week-to-week category so uh, we'll see what that means for his uh, you know opportunity to maybe suit up for Team USA at the World Junior that is upcoming here so uh, in terms of Wheeler and Shifley I I don't see that being an issue Sean Um, if it is an issue they won't be playing together I mean this is very simple uh, when you look at the fact that, that Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois are still looking for a right winger, and if it doesn't work for a 10-game stretch, Blake Wheeler is going to be on that line. I mean, th- there is no debate. There is no long-range issue. So Blake Wheeler will just be moved off the line if if there's any longer-term issues in terms of them giving up a whole lot defensively. I mean, uh, I said, I mean, I thought that you know the Dubois line generated a little bit, but, I mean, they were also on for three goals against. I mean, I'm not talking about plus minus here, but I mean, those guys were on for three goals and even strength goals. That's a fact. I mean, uh, they weren't in great position. They were, they had issues on the rush goals. Uh, one bad bounce off the foot, of course, of Dubois, but I mean, I'm with you. I, I don't think that the Shifley line was, um, you know, they just weren't generating any sustained offensive pressure. I think before we get, get, uh, get rolling here, um, what do you think of Rick's comments about the Jets' struggles on the forecheck and how that allowed the Blue Jackets to exit with speed mm-hmm. and make life difficult for the Jets to get any sustained pressure in offensive zone time? Okay, before we go down, down that road, I think we could do something that's a little bit more fun. And we could touch on that again if it creeps up into a future game. Why don't we just end with this? Because uh, 
I, I found another while while my internet cut another out. I found another grenade in my bag. Exactly. Oh, I thought Great. we'd throw this in because the chat room will have fun with this. Friday night grenades. That should be a new but segment for us. At this stage, Ken, <laughs> who won the Dubois Line A Rosovic trade? You know better, Sean. There's no winner in your year two. There's no winner. Let's do it. I mean, there's no winner. When can we classify a winner? Well, we're gonna can't we can't we classify a winner up until this stage? Well, I don't know. What, what would you be saying? Well, that's it's almost, dead. You know, it's almost, it's almost I even. Go. I mean, the stats are almost even. One team is near the top of the standings. The other is in the lottery. Um, right. Neither right. team has had any playoff success whatsoever. So neither team has really won in terms of playoff success. The Jets have won one round with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, I think Columbus has won zero. Yep. Um, Line had... You know, Line and Dubois both had bad starts. Uh, both dealt with injuries. Right now, Line has a bit of, you know, Yarmo Kekalainen has a bit of an edge when it comes to long-term a security. A bit? This is a good point, Sean, Rob okay. Mahoney. This is the point in, in my estimation, Rob Not Mahoney. Yet. He hasn't signed Jack yet. Jack won because Dubois didn't sign okay. long-term. There's, you know, let's see what happens next. On the, If the Jets have to trade Pierre-Luc Dubois, they lost the deal. I mean, this is not hard unless they somehow turn that package into something great. Right now, the Columbus, I just said the Columbus Blue Jackets have the edge because they signed Liney. But I don't think I would not classify four years as long-term. It's an important term for a team that's had the turnover and turmoil that Columbus has had. But it's not like Liney signed an eight-year deal, which was what was on the table for them and that was always what we thought was the issue with the Jets that they couldn't get a seven or eight year deal done right now Liney signed a four year deal and as he said himself it means he doesn't have to answer those stupid questions about his future for the next three years for sure what he also said is that the lack of having that long term deal was something that was always on his mind he didn't have to say it out loud but we know it was a factor when he was in Winnipeg, and we know it was a factor when he was in Columbus. So Pierre-Luc Dubois has not signed long-term. That's an issue when it comes to the trade. Pierre-Luc Dubois has also been a point-of-game player this year, so his value is on the rise. Rope Hintz signed a deal this week. That will be an interesting watermark for a number of top centermen. Whether In you're the eights, the- right? In the eights, eight point four five, I believe. Yeah, that's in a tax-free state. We should remember; it's important. It could be something that is considered for Bohorvat, for Dylan Larkin, for Pierre-Luc Dubois, for other pending RFA's. So we can't judge because we don't know the future of Pierre-Luc Dubois. Once we know the future of Pierre-Luc Dubois, then we're going to be able to weigh in on whether the trade was won by one team, won by the other team. Or was a trade that benefited both parties? Because right now, to me, the Jets were looking for a one-two punch down the middle. They have that. But how long will they have that? That's the biggest issue for me. Patrick Liney, when he's healthy, is a high-end player, Sean. We both know that. We love dealing with him. He looked great today. But it was his fourth goal of the season. Pierre-Luc Dubois got 11 goals. That's not Patrick's fault that he was hurt. He's had some bad, bad luck. But one of the big pieces in this discussion is availability. And right now, Pierre-Luc Dubois, since his early injury, he's been very durable for the Winnipeg Jets. Line has had a lot of injuries. Uh, you know, 
we both hope he stays healthy. We hope all players stay healthy. So right now, both teams are getting what they want when the players are available. And Jack Rozovic, who started off as the most productive of the three players in the first couple months after the deal was made, has had a very up-and-down season. I think today was his first point. You know, I thought Jack looked great today, Sean. That's the player the Jets wanted him to be, and that's the player that Jack needs to be on a much more consistent basis. He was absolutely flying out there today. I even saw him block two shots. I can't remember the last time I saw him block two shots in a game. I thought he looked inspired and excellent. But if you're looking at his season, that was his sixth assist of the season. And he doesn't have a lot of goals. So I think it's going to be interesting to see which way this goes. And I love that you tossed the late grenade. Uh, but I'm not out here going to be trying to make uh, an assumption about how the future turns out for Pierre-Luc Dubois. And, you know, I'm very interested to see how this goes. You did a real good job handling that. Like, I think that you you covered all the bases of kind of where we're at. Now, you say we can't weigh in on it at this oh, no, stage. no, we can I, weigh I in think, on it. I just yeah, don't think so, that it's an obvious winner. Oh, yeah. I, but that's what I mean by at this stage. And, and I think that you're right. And there's a couple of things here. Like, I think a lot of people take a look at the lack of success that Columbus has had and point at that as being a waste for, for uh, Patrick Liney. I think by getting Johnny Gaudreau, having Patrick Liney, like you said, Jack Roslick has shown some things. They've got a lot of young talent there, and they're probably going to finish into a point this year where they end up with a really, really good player. Based on the lottery, I keep hearing there's like five players. Never mind Zach Benson, who's here in Winnipeg. If you want to see a phenomenal player who's going to be a great NHLer, go down and check him out with the ice. By the way, we're going to give away tickets in just a little bit here. But that's a player right there that that is going to be available probably around six, seven, eight or something like that so there's a ton a ton of high-end talent in the top end of the draft this year they're going to add that in never mind if they ever landed on someone like uh um connor bedard bedard or or even fantilli right i mean those are two high high or or the russian kid or the swedish kid like these are these are all guys that everyone thought would have gone first in the draft last year so you know that those are potential you know franchise altering players and then what you're looking at with Patrick Line is where he fits in with that team and what they're capable of doing in the years going forward from now two to three years and they can have that dream because they had him locked down you are right if they don't if they don't lock down Pierre-Luc Dubois the Jets will have lost this trade. That will be the definitive final sword swinging unless they've managed to turn Pierre-Luc Dubois into something that you can turn around and say, wow, we moved Patrick Laine and Jack Rosvick and ended up with this. I like it. That'll be pretty hard to do. Um, I still think for years to come, even if they do sign Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, well, no, it's a win for the Jets. I don't care who won the trade. It's a win for the Jets if they get him because Patrick Laine was going to be going anyway. Um, but I think P- Patrick Laine showed you tonight what he is capable of. He was one of the, uh, I mean, Patrick Laine reminded me tonight that he can do things on the ice that even some of the most skilled players on the Winnipeg Jets can't, can't do. Although 
there's things that Winnipeg Jets most skilled players can do that he can't do, but he is a special talent. I think that his stick, he had a really good defensive stick tonight on a team full of players that had really good defensive sticks. I don't know if that says more about the passes that the Jets were making or about the structure that they were using, but I think he's come a long way defensively. I know uh, in the chat room it keeps being shared that he's minus 80. This is a struggling team right now. The fact that they locked him down, though, I think at this stage still gives the edge in this trade to to the uh, to the Columbus Blue Jackets. One of the reasons I'll say that is we're sitting here. Uh, yes, exactly. One of the reasons. The oh, end, Phyllis sorry. says Helly is the is the most important upcoming contract renewal that we need. Um, I'll say this about Patrick Line. He went and was like on pace. I don't know how it ended up, but Patrick Line was showing he could be a, a point-per-game player last season without a player like Johnny Goudreau, without kind of like that true surrounding cast. And what we're sitting talking about on this show right now is Pierre-Luc Dubois not having and his line not going to the degree we think it should be because they don't have that fit on the third line well. Pierre-Luc Dubois has come to a team that has an embarrassment of riches of top talent. Being able to play alongside uh, um, Kyle Connor has put him in a really great spot. Patrick Laine hasn't had that same benefit until now with Johnny Gaudreau, and we saw it tonight, to your point, what he's capable of with that. I have to say, just the fact that he is locked down at this stage, the Columbus Blue Jackets are winning the trade because they've got a guy who committed to their market and now has a young up-and-coming team to... To, that's going to show them where they go. If your argument to me is that right now the Jets are in a better spot and they're winning because of that with Pierre-Luc Dubois, then the Jets need to do something with it. And of course, what that means, everyone knows without a doubt, is they need to go big fishing at the trade deadline and not now. Uh, time to shut her down. Before we hey, do, cool. Ken, you've got tickets to give away? Yeah, the Winnipeg Ice uh, beat the Swift Current, or oh, sorry, Swift Current Broncos beat the Ice four to three tonight. Uh, they're back in action on Saturday night against the Prince Albert Raiders. We have two pairs of tickets for that ice game tomorrow night. If you send me a DM this evening, uh, I'll let you know if you got the tickets, and uh, we'll go from there. Excellent stuff. Anything you want to say? I know I tried to sneak one past you there towards the oh, end. Oh no! Hey, we always like the fire. Fire the fire the headshots late and they laid in the scrimmage. So good stuff. Uh, good fun stuff with Patrick uh, today. We had some good laughs about the oh, uh, yeah. styles and, and uh, you know good on him. Yeah, good, good on him good for at- having fun with it. Yeah, uh, that's one of the things we miss most about Patrick Line. A ton of fun to touch on. And if people aren't sure what we're talking about here, uh, he had the shaved head. And when asked why he went with the new do, he said, it's because my main man, Kenny, here has always looked so good. That's his inspiration. That is his muse and a better muse. I couldn't think of him following Ken. Great job here tonight. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. I've said it once. I'll say it every single show. Um, if you appreciate the conversations happening in these spaces, please appreciate the sponsors and the advertisers who keep it going in this space for us. That's Vittorio Rossi, TransCanada Brewing Company, Johnston Group, Lou Ferlin, Homefield, and Cambrian Credit Union. And finally, once again, you are all over it tonight, chat room. Uh, I, I, I'm always kind of keeping an eye. I'm trying to keep score. Who agrees with you more? Who agrees with me more? Uh, I'm watching the chat room, so I can't do it. I'm just going to estimate that I won tonight. Uh, it's all I can do here. Hey, uh, quick, Thank one, you, chat room, quick for giving Sorry, me the victory. Uh, need, needed a new washer this year. Thanks to our guy uh, Ron Ramirez for uh, the great work on the uh, on the sales on the sales force there. 
Attaboy, Ronnie. Uh, thank you, chat room. We can't wait to do this again. Jets lose to the came into this game as the 30th place team in the NHL. It gets a little easier as they play the 32nd team place team in the NHL in the Anaheim Ducks, a team that was on their way to overtime with the Jets before the Jets scored in the last minute of the game. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they're similar fire. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you on Sunday.